When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to This is the Jet Life with Dan Burnham. Your guide to the New York Jets sports and much more. And now, your host, Dan Burnham. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of This is the Jet Life. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jets' 2023 campaign has officially come to a close after the last New England Patriots game, and this really couldn't have ended any better way when it was all said and done, thinking about it, you know, three, four weeks ago. My dad even said in a father time, I think like before the Commanders game, he was like, the best thing that could possibly happen, I know it's three weeks out, but beating the Patriots in the final game, sending Bill Belichick with a loss would be the best thing in the world. And the Jets were able to pull that off in a very, very impressive 17-3 win in the snow in Foxborough against a Patriots team that, make no mistake, wanted to beat the Jets 100%. Their fans wanted to win, their players wanted to win, and Bill Belichick absolutely wanted to win that game. But they couldn't. The Jets dominated in the snow with their fourth-string quarterback, Trevor Simeon, who didn't do much, eight completions in the entire game for 70 yards. But the Jets were able to put up 17 points, hold the Patriots' offense to three points, make him look silly, send Bill Belichick off the field with his hood up, making sure nobody could see him. So embarrassing and disgraceful. And there's some more big-time news around Bill Belichick and that Patriots team that I want to get to later in this podcast. I'm glad that I waited a couple days. I typically record these things on Tuesday. With it being the last game of the season, I was like, you know what, I have a little bit more time. I'm going to let the dust settle. I'm also currently in the middle of some house shopping stuff, trying to find a new home and doing a lot of extra house showings and stuff like that after work and busy. So either way, it ended up making sense to do this podcast today. And I'm glad I did because we got some good, sweet, delicious little news nuggets regarding the Patriots. We're going to get to all that. Um, The agenda for this podcast is basically going to be to break down the Jets win. It's going to be to talk about the offense, defense, special teams, as we always do, give out our players of the game. We're going to talk about the AFC East and how that thing shook up, talk a little bit about the Patriots and how their season finished. And then I've got a really, really fun father time from my dad who was fired up about this win. He alluded to it three, four weeks ago, manifested it, 
he was rooting for this game for a very, very long time. And he got what he was looking for. So we got a fired up father time from Dave Burnham. And that's basically it. Moving forward, I'm going to do, it's probably going to come out like tomorrow or the day after. It's going to be the season wrap-up. And the season wrap-up is basically going to be, you know, we go through every single week on this podcast and talk about the players that perform in every single game. Basically, everybody that touches the field and plays. How did they do? What did we like? What didn't we like? And now that the season has come to a close and everybody's got however many games they played for their season under their belt, we can kind of look back and reflect on, all right, who overachieved, who underachieved, what were the final stat lines, what were we impressed with, and all that stuff. We're going to do that as a season wrap-up, give out some season awards to the players that were the best offensive player and defensive player. So that's going to come next couple days. Look for that one, maybe even tomorrow. But aside from that, it's going to be the off-season schedule after the season wrap-up, which is basically going to be the typical stuff that we do. Um, Free agency primer, free agency review, draft primer, draft review, probably a schedule for release podcast, and then training camp preview, preseason games, that sort of thing. So a lot less podcasts, a lot less uh, regular, but if everything goes well, you know, I hope to be doing this podcast again next year. If you enjoyed what you've listened to or you tune into this podcast every once in a while or weekly, you know, goes a long way to rate, review, subscribe to this podcast wherever they're found, part of the Fans First Sports Network. But needless to say, it's more appreciated than you probably think, so do that if you can. Follow me on Twitter, at Jets underscore Dan, especially like in the offseason as stuff is going on, and I'm not recording podcasts. I'll still have my random takes and thoughts on stuff on there. Engage with me, DM me, whatever. I'm always happy to talk New York Jets. But let's get into this thing and talk about the Jets win, because this was so freaking huge and so awesome to pull off this win, finish 7-10 and 10 on the season, 17-3 to 3 in Foxborough against their fans in a pitiful New England Patriots season to put them you know, firmly at the basement, truly one of the worst teams in football, and let them know it and finish it in this fashion. There were some people that were lobbying for draft picks. I've said this a million times. When it comes down to it, you don't know who's going to be good in the draft and who's not going to be good in the draft. You draft second, third, fourth, fifth, those guys can be busts, maybe 50% success rate. So you talk about drafting seven versus drafting 10, you're talking about maybe four players different. But just because you're drafting seven doesn't mean the player that you would have drafted there won't be available at 10. So there's so many different hypotheticals on whether or not the player that you would have drafted will be there and whether or not the player that you want to get or end up getting is actually successful in the NFL. So those things are so you never know. It could be what-ifs. Winning a game, winning a game against the Patriots and Bill Belichick in Foxborough that's real. That's tangible stuff. I'm sitting on the couch watching that happen, and it is fantastic. It's not like, oh, maybe this draft pick will be good. Maybe this guy will be available. It is good. And I will take that 10 times out of 10. I think a lot of Patri- or a lot of Jets fans agree that uh, winning against this, this team was by far the better scenario. And I think a lot of people that maybe went in thinking the draft pick was more important ended up coming out of this thing. Very, very glad the Jets won and very pleased with how it all kind of played out. It can't be overstated. The Jets were dominant in this game, specifically on defense. They gave up six total first downs in the game. The Patriots went one for 17 on third and fourth down conversions. Horrible. The Jets gave up only 119 total yards. They had 254 yards themselves. So even though the Jets offense wasn't anything spectacular, it was still more than twice as productive as the Patriots. The Jets allowed only a single sack only had one turnover in the game. The Patriots 
were sacked seven times by the Jets. Had two turnovers. Talk about discipline and the Jets just showing up. They had one penalty in this game for five total yards. That's something that the Jets don't do. They don't finish the game with one penalty for five yards. I think it was a little tough to call penalties in the snow because the vision was a little bit obstructed, so it's hard to call little ticky-tack holds and things like that. But one penalty for five yards, fantastic. So we're going to talk about the you know, individual player performances shortly, but that's kind of a taste of just how good the Jets game was. No, the offense wasn't spectacular. It took a while for the Jets offense to get going. We had three field goals, a touchdown, a two-point conversion in this one. But make no mistake when you watch this game, what the Jets did to the Patriots on their field in this game was magical. When you look at the AFC East and how that thing shook up, the Bills took the division. They won a big-time game against the Dolphins. Bills finished at 11-6. and six. The Dolphins also finished at 11-6, and six, but because the Bills swept them on the season, they take the division. The Dolphins are going to go to the wild card as a sixth seed, playing the Chiefs. The Bills are going to be playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I would expect probably the Bills to beat the Steelers, and I hope the Chiefs beat the Dolphins. We'll see what happens, but... Uh, that's what happens there. The Jets finish third at 7-10. and 10. That's the same record they had last season. And the Patriots finish in the basement of the division at 4-13. and 13. That is the very worst record in the entire AFC. So a horrible season for them. But wait, folks, there's more. Not only did the Patriots finish dead last in the AFC, but Bill Belichick, by losing to the Jets, now has the most losses in NFL history. He's tied with Jeff Fisher and Dan Reeves. Nobody has ever lost more games than Bill Belichick because of what the Jets did. Even if Bill Belichick decides to retire today, he's got that record. He doesn't have most wins yet. And it's always important to remember that the guys that do have the most wins of all time, Don Shula followed by George Hollis, they do not have the most losses. It's not just like a counting stat. They played so many games, they eventually got those wins. Those guys had higher winning percentages than Bill Belichick, who had a horrible start before New England and did horribly after Tom Brady left. So the Patriots season, obviously was a mess. How bad was it? The least points scored in a 17-game season in NFL history. 136 points, tied with the Carolina Panthers this year, is the lowest ever since 2020 when the 17-game season began. So that team couldn't score or do anything. Just how bad did that get? So bad that what people claim to be the greatest of all time coach, who had a life sentence in New England because he could never do anything wrong, Robert Kraft comes out and fires Bill Belichick. They're going to call it mutual. But if you hear the press conference today with Bill Belichick crying, saying, oh, I can't wait to keep coaching, my career's not over, you think if Bill Belichick was going to continue his career, he wasn't going to do it in New England if he had the opportunity? Unless there was a scenario where he was just like, I can't win with this team, this team is no good, I have to go to another team and get those wins, I don't want to be the Patriots head coach, then maybe it could be mutual. But he built the roster. He's the GM of the team. He's the guy that picked all of the players that are there. So I guess it's possible he mutually mutually was like, I'd like to find a better fit for me. Better than the one that he himself built. So it is absolutely embarrassing. Bill Belichick was fired. It wasn't mutual. He was told he can't be the coach of the Patriots anymore, or at least couldn't be the coach and GM. And maybe he was like, well, then I don't want to do it because his ego is way too big. But the Jets get the last laugh in this one. They pull off the win 17 to three. Fantastic. I love everything we saw in that game. And typically I would, uh, do the offense, then I would do father time, then defense and everything. But my dad was just as fired up as I am, and I want to get his thoughts on this week's father time. So here it is, my dad, David Burnham, following the Jets win. I'm not a vindictive person, but 
Was there a better way to end this season? Come on. The Jets marched into Foxborough on a mission. My mission, too, from in front of my TV. The mission to end the 15-game winless drought versus New England, rough up the Patriots, and send Bill the asterisk Belichick home without a job. The Patriots lost by 14 and only scored a field goal. They were sacked seven times. Were run on to the tune of 200 yards on runs they were expecting and were helpless to stop versus our star Brees Hall and our tattered offensive line. As the game moved on, the Pats got chippy as their ship sank and it just made the Jets play better, and it made me happier. A bad and sad loss to Billy and all Patriots fans. What I loved most were the endless camera shots of Belichick as the game unfolded. I really enjoyed watching his final game crumble before his and our eyes. I also enjoyed watching the Jets do belly slides and snow angels in the Jeanette Stadium snow. Doing this to the sound of Jets chants heard by all. The best part was in the home stadium, they played Stairway to Heaven right before the Jets' last kickoff. It seemed to be played just for Bill as he stared at the turf in his last game. Hilarious and priceless. Please remember, I'm not vindictive, but didn't he seem to have ten times more snow on him than anybody else? Being a sore loser that he's always been, Belichick covered his face for the final handshake with Coach Sala, and he looked like he was either going to cry or throw up after the press game conference. Awesome. Now he's gone, and there seems to be a sense of calm satisfaction at the season's end. It seems that this was the first monkey off of our backs, and there are so many more to follow. This seems to be a launching pad to 2024. There's an old saying that goes, you're only as good as your last game. Well, let's go Jets. End scene. So, whoa. A passionate, fiery father time from my dad on this Patriots win. And I remember he called me when the game was over, and he was like, this is one of the most satisfying victories I've had in a long time. And I know it's lame because it's a season where we're not making the playoffs and everything. And it's not that we're just like that pathetic of a franchise. But everything that's happened and everything we've dealt with and the fact that we went into this game with the supporting cast that we had and the quarterback that we had in the snow and everything and to beat the Patriots, give Bill Belichick the most losses ever, send him packing, get him fired in front of their own crowd with his face covered up at the end in the snow, I mean, there were so many things about it. I mean, there was a point he left this one out in his uh, father time of the great moments of it. There was a point where I think it was C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams who were digging imaginary graves for Bill Belichick on the snow. Fantastic. You can't beat this stuff. He has been a thorn in our side, even more than that, for 20-plus years. He started as an asshole, becoming the Jets head coach and resigning within a day. Started way back then. And he leaves New England after everything he's done with a loss to his least favorite team. That's the history now. You want to talk about the Patriots' success? That's history. You want to talk about the Jets beating the Patriots? That's history, too. More recent history, but it's all in the past, and we have that monkey off our back, as he said. I feel exactly the way that he does, where, like, there's this sense of calm with it that comes with this now, right? We finished 7-10, and and there's a lot of question marks about this team, Aaron Rodgers, and what's going to happen next year. But the feeling of, like, man, we just couldn't get past... The Patriots. And there was always this thing. It was kind of holding us back. It's like, man, we still aren't quite there. No matter how good we make our team or who we draft or what we do, they're getting beat up by this sometimes bad New England team. Just like, what is going on? Why can't we shake this thing? But to win in this fashion and now create an entire organizational change, it's over. Those days are completely done. Even if the Patriots win the next time the Jet- they play the Jets, which I doubt it considering how bad that roster is, but even if they were to win that game, It wouldn't be like, oh, maybe the streak is back. It's a whole new era. It's done. We finished it. Is there a scenario where Bill Belichick beats the Jets 
and keeps his job? I think maybe. If there was any hope, he had to win that game. Losing it sealed his fate, no question. Robert Kraft fired him, and uh, he's got the most losses ever. That Patriots offense had the least points scored in 17 games ever. They finished last in the AFC. The Jets got the last laugh doing snow angels on the ground. Thank you, Dad. I know you're not vindictive usually, especially uh, on the father times. He's a little bit more passionate sometimes off record when I'm with him watching the games, and then we get kind of a tamed-down version for the FTs, but this one was good. I was glad to read it. Glad to be uh, as fired up with him and going to this offseason like for the first time in a long time. Not with the playoffs and everything. Not leaving satisfied because we were a playoff team and like, wow, we're right there. But just like we're headed in the right direction. And I really, truly do feel that way. 100%. More than I usually do. And it's sometimes built around like a rookie quarterback that I've never seen play. Like, oh, this guy could change everything. Or we've got a new this coming in. It's like, oh, we've got the Aaron Rodgers and and maybe that's going to be the big, and that's going to be a big part of it. But I just feel better about this team and the direction that it's heading. And I think this was a huge step in the right direction of just starting to build confidence within the team. Once you have that, you become more powerful than not. It's something the Steelers have had for so long. It's like, even when the Steelers suck, they still finish over 500 and have like an okay season because like for them, that is a sucky season. And they're like, man, we blew it and we finished nine and eight, but they still get it done. And the Jets are hopefully heading towards that direction. A long way to go, but this was the first step. Thank you, Dad, for the father time. Much appreciated. Now, before we go over to the Jets' offense, defense, and special teams, we do have to take a quick commercial break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Alrighty, and welcome back to This is the Jet Live. Let's talk about the individual performances in this game against the Patriots. It's the last time we get to do this this year for a game, so you know I'm going to move through it quickly, but uh, these things are coming to an end, so it's a little bittersweet here. You look at the quarterback position. Trevor Simeon started again for the Jets, fourth quarterback to start a game for the Jets this year. He went 8 for 20, right, for 70 yards, so not a prolific passing day at all. But he was only sacked one time, no touchdowns, no interceptions. This game came down to running the football. It was done by Brees Hall, who was absolutely, without a doubt, our offensive player of the game in this one. Brees ends with 37 carries, 178 yards, touchdown, big-time run under two minutes for 50 yards to give the Jets that big-time lead, punches it in for a two-point conversion. He had two catches to add to that for 12 yards, so two of Simeon's eight completions went to Brees Hall. It was fantastic. That was the biggest workload that Brees Hall's ever had. He delivered. My dad said it in the father time, like, this was a game where the Patriots knew the Jets were going to run the ball. They knew it was going to be Brees Hall. They knew they were going up against a bad Jets offensive line with guys, even in this game, still rotating in and out, getting injured. And Brees Hall found a way to get it done. He ended this year stronger than he came in. Completely healthy now. Feeling really good about Brees Hall. Izzy Abanaconda had three carries in this game for six yards, so not a ton of production there. It was all really Brees Hall in this game. Not passing. Nobody else running. 
It was Brees and big-time defense. You look at the wide receivers and tight ends as sparingly as they were used in the snow game. Garrett Wilson left banged up, injured with a head injury, but uh, he had two catches for 34 yards. He had a couple more drops in this game. I know the snow was there and everything, but it just felt like in the second half of the season this year, Garrett was dropping more footballs in the first half. So obviously a frustrating year for him, but he finishes the numbers we were looking for. He's over 1,000 yards. I did want to mention that Brees Hall, we were hoping he would get to 1,500 scrimmage yards. He got there. He got to like 1,580, which was fantastic. But then he ended up getting so many rushing yards in this game, 1,000 yards became very, very realistic. And he finishes the season with 994. So six yards short of 1,000 rushing yards, which would have been very, very sweet to have. He didn't get that, but still a fantastic season. And that 1,500 scrimmage yard number we were looking for. Garrett gets his, you know, 1,000 receiving yards. Doesn't hit 100 receptions, only getting two catches in this game. But uh, I guess afterwards, he vented to the team about some of the issues that he's having. He said this is one of the worst football years of his entire life. And I understand that because he's been dominant forever. He was probably so freaking good at Pop Warner, so good in high school. He was great in college. Good year last year. This year was a little bit more trying, and expectations were a little bit higher for him, I'm sure. So he had an opportunity to vent and said he came out of that thing feeling much better. It's good the Jets allowed him to do that. It's not going to be too, too long before a couple more bad seasons will will have him wanting to leave. But in the meantime, we still want him to be at least happy going into year three. We'll figure out what we can do. I mean, at a certain point, if the Jets have just sucked with quarterbacks for so long, the talent that he is, like, why should he want to stay? Just because we drafted him? I mean, you love the loyalty and everything, but you need to put an offense around that can use him the way that he should be able to be used. So I understand that from him. He's on a rookie contract, so he's got to wait it out a little bit. Year three should be great for him. Tyler Conklin had two catches for 16 yards. So you look at Brees' two, Garrett's two, Tyler's two. That's six of the eight. The other two, one went to Cobb, one went to Gibson, both for four yards each. So not much going in the passing game here. The offensive line was impressive. Even though, you know, you're talking about Chris Glazer and Xavier Newman splitting the job job at right guard. You're talking about Carter Warren still playing right tackle, rookie Joe Tippman playing center, Mekhi Becton, who's been struggling all year at left tackle. The Jets actually only gave up one sack, and had 185 rushing yards in this game. This was probably Mekhi Becton's best game of the entire year, and it's coming after like two or three of his worst games of the entire year. His needle was pointing down, down, down. He's going into a a contract uh, opportunity. He's going to be a free agent after the season, so whether the Jets tag him or re-sign him or let him go remains to be seen, but his price tag, in my opinion, had been dropping for the last few weeks. He closed the season out well grinding people into the ground, getting up to the second level like he used to do his rookie year. Remember that rookie year, Mekhi Becton, that would hit the first guy, move upfield, hit the second guy? That stuff used to happen all the time. We were watching, like, highlights of a left tackle. That was Mekhi Becton. Then he got injured a ton, never really got healthy, finally comes back this year, doesn't play great, but he did play in 16 games. Right? He played some of the most snaps of offensive tackle in the entire league. So good there, and he closes the season out strong, having a really nice game in the snow. The whole offensive line played well, and it's what you have to do. You're talking about a game where you're not going to be able to throw very well. You have to run the ball. The other team knows you're going to run. You know you're going to run. Who's going to win in the trenches? And this tattered and battered line beat the Patriots, who are typically a very, very good run defense, at least this year. So really good stuff from the offensive line. Proud of what we had there. Moving over to the defense, starting with the defensive line, we had two sacks for Quinn and Williams. 
two sacks for Bryce Huff, who gets a 10 on the year. We had another sack for Will McDonald. Jermaine Johnson had one. Even Jalen Holmes had his first of the season. We had 10 total quarterback hits. I mean, we were beating up Bailey Zappi, who wasn't too happy. Bailey Zappi finished 12 for 30. 30 attempts for 88 passing yards. But on that, he was sacked seven times for 57 yards lost. So when you talk about the Jets embarrassing quarterbacks all year long, they did it yet again. And the total passing yards for the Patriots in this game, 31. I know it's the snow. I know the Jets only had 69 total passing yards in this game. But 31, just another fantastic week for this defense against opposing quarterbacks, making teams get embarrassed. The linebackers played great. Quincy and CJ doing their thing. And even Jamie and Sherwood playing a lot in this game because you knew it was going to be a running game. Instead of going small, having a lot of Michael Carter out there for plays that aren't going to be passing downs, you just put another linebacker in there, a little bit bigger, meatier to help stop an Ezekiel Elliott. He played well. Quincy played well. CJ played well. In a game where they had to run the ball, we only allowed 88 rushing yards, so you feel really good about that. But that dominance, that cornerback room, I mean, unbelievable. Healthy all year. We got to watch Sauce, DJ Reed, and Michael Carter, too, basically, for like the Big majority of the season, watch all three of them play together. And oh my gosh, they were good as ever. Sauce was dominant, didn't give up anything. DJ Reed gave up one big catch to Jalen Rager, but was good otherwise. Michael Carter was very, very good. Got a big hit on Bailey Zappi as well. So a fantastic game from the cornerbacks, as we're used to seeing. But what was even better was the play of the safeties, which we're not as used to seeing. Jordan Whitehead has been up and down in this game. And in this game, he was relatively quiet, left the game early for an injury. So you're playing Tony Adams and Ashton Davis. Two young guys, not a ton of opportunities for them. Ashton's played a bit in the past, you know, struggled. Tony Adams, this year was his first year really getting a big-time crack at the position. Started a little bit slow, but is trending up as the season's gone on. In this game, Tony Adams had a couple really nice pass deflections and a big-time interception to seal the game and win it for the Jets. He did that and had a game-winner against the Eagles to win that game. He did it in this game to seal the game against the Patriots. So another big-time play from Tony Adams, a playmaker. But you want to talk about playmakers? Somehow, someway, there has been none bigger on the entire Jets team than Ashton Davis this year, who finishes the season with six total turnovers forced, getting another interception in this game. He finished fourth in the team in tackles with five. Most passes defensed with three. He got that big-time interception. And yes, he tried to lateral the ball to Sauce Gardner in the snow, Totally stupid. He bobbled the ball, dropped it, gave it back to the Patriots. That was right before Tony Adams' INT. So not a great play by Ashton Davis there. You got to kind of be a little smarter. But he's our defensive player of the game from that performance. That many tackles, that many passes defensed, an interception, making plays all year long. And he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. And he didn't start this game. He's a guy that's not going to be under contract next year. He's going to be a free agent. We have to figure out is he starter? Is he, you know, that third safety, which I think is a perfect role for him. Have him on special teams and safety number three. I like having him. He had six turnovers forced this year. Three INTs, three forced fumbles. Man. Good season from Ashton Davis. Very pleased with what we have there. So safety's phenomenal. Nice to see closing out this year. If we can keep Ashton Davis, keep Tony Adams, we already have him. You're going in with that really good secondary again. I mean, it's going to be another year of tough quarterback play for the opponents. I mean, they're not going to be able to do much against this defense 
with this defensive line that we have going into next year, linebackers and safeties, take out the free agents coming up. We still have a dominant defense against the pass. Oof. Feeling good about what we have there. Young guys showing up at the end of the season. Moving over to special teams, Greg the Leg in the Snow went three for four. Solid game from him. Didn't have any extra point opportunities. Thomas Morstead won the field position battle early in the game, placing the ball on the three-yard line. He's going to be our special teams player of the game. This game started as like a definite punt fest. You're thinking to yourself, man, is either one of these offenses going to get anything going? It's kind of been like the theme of the last few Patriots games, the Mac Jones era, the Bailey Zappi, Brian Hoyer era. Those guys struggled to score points against the Jets. We struggled just as much to score points against them. Punting was huge. This game started 3-3. Three to three. Not much got going until the second half, even late in the second half. So punting big time from Thomas Morstead, giving the Jets good field position, pinning the Patriots back, allowing us to get some field goal opportunities, giving us the points that we needed to win this game. He's our special teams player of the game. Love it. And then you got Xavier Gibson, who was returning. He had uh, six punt returns in this game, eight yards per return average. That's a good average. You're looking for like over seven. Nine is really good. Eight in this game, solid. Didn't fumble the ball in the snow. Love to see it. So good game from Xavier Gibson. That's the offense. That's the defense. That's the special teams. I mean, we saw it. Bill Belichick skulked off the field. It's done. We did it. We made it through the 2023 season. Jets finished 7-10. and 10. They're going to be drafting 10th overall. We got a, uh, a season wrap-up episode coming in the next couple days. Look out for that one. It's going to be talking about everything that's happened this year, players' entire seasons as a whole, some position groups and stuff. It's not going to talk about like upcoming free agents and stuff. That's going to be the free agency primer, but it's going to break down what we saw as a whole from these players. Then we're going to do the off-season schedule, free agency primer, right before the legal tampering period, which is on March 11th. Then we're going to do a free agency review a couple weeks after, do a draft preview prior to the 425 draft, then a draft review. We'll do a schedule breakdown sometime in May when the schedules come out, training camp preview, then the preseason games, and back to the regular season. So, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you like the show, rate, review, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Jets underscore Dan. Let's go Jets. We slayed Goliath. Bill Belichick is gone. The New York Jets finish 7-10. and 10. The Patriots embarrass themselves. And life is good for a 7-win season. Life is good for the New York Jets. I'm Dan Burnham, and this is The Jet Life. <laughs>